Should I be upset about the other tunes I I brought in? Oh, no, 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 absolutely not. Oh, my goodness. No, no, no. I just, I don't know. I just thought that that was really, really nice. Is it is it weird, though, that, like, I kind of miss the, the weird hip-hop situation from last week? I mean, like, why do you have to wrap any feedback up in, like, an actual insult. That was a bit weird though, in fairness, Kay. Like, it just, like, was that you singing just there? Flawless uh, changing of the subject there, Clay. I, I've been working on it. It's, it's this whole conversation uh, etiquette. Uh, I, I really don't know how to, how to finish that. W- was it going to be like that you were taking like a course or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, like, that, yeah, I had like some lady in like this flowery dress and 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 like really, really nice, but like really immovable hair, like telling me how I need to speak in order to be like a proper, I don't know, human being or something. Oh, what like like that, that, that training that like the, the girls had to do when they were like training to be like the concubines in, in the Empress Key that we were watching, like just like that. Are we, are we, are we going to? We're going to talk about this on air. You're the one that showed us the show to begin with. Jesus. Oh, I just, oh my God, it's just, I'm, I'm really fraught over like the whole situation. Like right now, I, like I know we can't really talk about it because I know Kleena, you've only just started watching it and everything, but oh my God, it's just, oh. You know, though, the one thing that remains, what's well, stable, I suppose, is the word. My main man, Telltale's eyebrow game. I mean, that eyebrow is just, oh, I mean, Come on. Also, can we please talk about how Yang's eyebrows got like scarier when she, I don't know I'm not allowed to say none of that. But like, yeah, they got, they got scary, didn't they, Saoirse? They, they were like, yeah, like, like I know she's, oh no, I'm not allowed to say that either. Um, But, you know, she's, she's in a position of power. No, we, we know that from the very beginning. Um, So, yeah, like obviously her, her makeup is going to be better and everything. But oh my God, yeah, like, Oh, I would not mess with her. Um, for our listeners viewing, we, we may as well clarify what it is we're talking about. Um, so uh, myself, we talked about this actually a little bit on, on Twitter. Um, myself, Saoirse um, and Chloe, we've been we've been watching this um, this Korean drama, uh, the K-drama on Netflix, um, The Empress Key. Um, it's it's pretty good, you know. If, if you guys want to want to uh, take a look, it's 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 a lot of fun. But um, yeah, the the main character um, Sun Yang or or Yang, uh, it's set way back in the day um, uh, during the I think it's called the Wan Empire, uh, Yun Empire. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Are you not like fluent in Korean, though, Sarah? What's that about? How would I be fluent in Korean, Chloe? I seen you writing not English 
before. This is not what we're here to talk about. If you didn't want to talk about Korean telly or Korean music or nothing, you wouldn't have come in wearing that bulldog clip on your hat. What does what does a bulldog clip have to do with Korea? I'm Jesus, I'm quite confused. As was I, Kleena, as was I. But then, when I took Sarah aside, she explained to me that it was because I, uh, some bloke got out of the military or something and he, like, he's in a band, but he does, like, clothes and all as well. We, we don't, we don't, we don't need to go into this, 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 this show is not about K-pop. It's not about G-Dragon. That's, that's a different situation that we're not going to go into right now, okay? I wore it once. It was not important i thought it looked good you painted it didn't you it's like nail varnish or something i thought it looked great it's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about chiclet and and mario and katie made a soft jazz tune that we've all just completely gone past and ignored no i'm I'm okay with it i want to hear more about this this bulldog clip guy what what's his deal No, no 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 we're not we're not we're not gonna i'm sorry i said anything i'm sorry i yeah brought any of my interests into College of Jesus Christ, what is the point? Um, Helen Walsh. Oh my God, is that today? No, who's changing the subject? Well, you know, changing the subject to the actual topic of the show, I'll I'll take. Um, So, yeah, the book that we're going to talk about today, um, The Mystery of Mercy Close, um, stars Helen Don't Even Start With Me Walsh. (laughs) No, isn't that what you say, Chloe? It is. It is exactly what I say, Saoirse. Thank you for pointing that out. Can you, you know, own... A description of Helen Walsh. I mean, can you can you bottle a sunset? Can you can you capture a waterfall? You are so weird. <laughs> um, but uh, coming into this book anyway, when we'd read the the other books that we've we've discussed so far, you know, this was our our last Walsh book to uh, to come across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's safe to say that um, Helen was our favorite um, joint uh, favorite coming into this one of the Walshes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wait. No, I really like Anna. Yeah, like Rachel had a lot of complexity. That's uh, I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Um, but you know, the the expectations are pretty high from the get go. You know, which is tough on Helen. Um, anyway, so and the thing is, we knew from the beginning of the book that she wasn't having a good go of it um, at the beginning. So you know, without all of the pressure from us, <laughs> yeah. <actually. laughs> but uh, maybe to to get you guys up to speed, we can start off with the uh, the summary of of the book as it is. Um, Kleena, uh, I think you were up for, for this one this week, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Helen Walsh doesn't believe in fear. Uh, it's just a thing invented by men to get all the good money and good jobs. And yet she's thinking. Her work as a private investigator has dried up. Her flat has been repossessed and now some old demons have resurfaced. Not least in the form of her charming but dodgy ex-boyfriend, Jay Parker, who shows up with a missing persons case. Money is tight and Jay is awash with cash, so Helen is forced to take on the task of finding Wayne Diffney, the wacky one from boy band Lads. That's Lads with a Z there. I think that's that's pretty important to uh, to clarify. Um, things ended messily with Jay and she's never going back there. Besides, she has a new boyfriend now, the very sexy detective Artie Devlin, and it's all going well. But the reappearance of Jay is stirring up all kinds of stuff she thought she'd left behind. Playing by her own rules, Helen is drawn into a dark and glamorous world where her worst enemy is her own head and where increasingly the only person she feels connected to is Wayne, a man she's never even met. You know, hearing all that now, there's actually like way more going on in the book than like I remember or like, like even more than like I thought when I was reading it. Like, what do you mean? 
No, like, like you know the way you said earlier, like we were like putting pressure on Helen, the fictional character, not real person. Um, like the stakes were higher or something because like she's such a badass in the other books. Interesting that we're talking about badasses. We're talking about Yang and we're talking about, about Helen now. Not unlike each other, not unlike each other. One person has a sword and then real small arrows and the other person has like her mouth. That sounded really, really wrong, dude. Kathleen Jones, you get your mind out of that gutter. Not my name, Chloe. I was talking about how Helen, like, like, just can, like, be slagging people all the time and just, like, says whatever she thinks all the time. Like, that's, that's all I was saying. I didn't mean nothing else. I mean, now that's what I'm thinking, but it's not what I meant before. Mm-mm-mm, mm-mm-mm. I was talking about Helen just being straight up badass. I just love her so much. Oh my god! <laughs> but like, no, I think that's yeah, that's that's kind of the point, isn't it? Like the other books, we only saw like the way other people saw her. If that makes sense, like we just see what she did and then what like Rachel thought of that or what like Claire thought of that. But like in this one, we get into her head. Like, so what it's actually like to be a total mm. badass. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, because in the other books, like, you know how the other girls are, like, really jealous of Helen, you know, that she just goes around saying whatever she wants to say and, like, looking the way she does and all that kind of stuff. And, like, even, you know, yourself, like, the way you're, like, going around thinking, oh, my God, like, wouldn't it be great if I just didn't care what anybody thought of me? You know, I would be able to do so much more. If people's opinions don't affect you, then there'd be, like, no problems. You'd be completely free. But, like, with Helen, she... She isn't affected by other people's opinions. Not really. I love her so much. <laughs> but like that, that like brings its own problems. And like, because that's like quite unusual to like not care what other people think. Like it's, it's like harder to define what she's going through. I'm kind of confusing myself right now. Yeah, I was kind of thinking maybe we should, like, make it clearer for everybody, like, listening. Good call, okay, Fizzle. Why? Why? I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, very thrown off. <laughs> so far, I need to calm down. Um, but anyway, um, what, what we're talking about right now is not anything to do with South Korea or the, the culture that they're exporting. That's, that's still on my mind for some reason. You're, like we're not giving out. Like we're we're very glad that you brought this into our lives, Sarah. Like Parasite won the Oscar. You're winning here. This is not a big deal. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Katie. I don't know why I'm getting caught up on this. Um, but but anyway, um, yeah, back to the book. Back to Helen. Um, like what what we're talking about right now, and and kind of in the in the beginning, um, with with the excerpt and stuff, is that pretty soon after we meet Helen, um, at the beginning of of the mystery of Mercy Close, we we find out that she's had a history of um. Well, I suppose you'd call it depression, right? Yeah, like that's that's the thing, and that was something that like struck me definitely like right from the beginning. Like you sort of think that like depression is lying around in bed all day, like crying, cutting your wrists and stuff. You know, like like everything turns I don't know blue, and it's yeah that that, that you can't do anything because you're too sad. But like with Helen, it's more like, like she's not sad necessarily. She's not sad at all she's not anything she doesn't feel anything yeah at and all like that kind of almost ties in with the idea of her being a badass you know she, she's not affected by what people are saying she's you know oh my goodness why am I kicking there um sorry 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 um yeah like she doesn't feel anything that probably makes it I don't know easier to come 
off as a badass, but if you don't feel anything, you don't feel happy or like have fun or anything. Yeah, and like then like she'd be like on top of that. She's like seeing stuff, which I didn't really get, but like, but it was like real scary and like I could understand why it's real scary if you're saying things. But like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really understand it, but like I felt bad for her and all that she was so scared yeah like actually we, we've got um a section of the book that has this in there so so we can talk about it maybe some more um Saoirse, what do you think oh yeah sure sure um yeah um i was thinking about food stuck in traffic it's what i do what any normal person does of course but now that i thought about it i hadn't had anything to eat since seven o'clock this morning about 10 hours ago a lad's song came on the radio for the second time that day how about that for bad luck and as the maudlin syrupy harmonies filled the car i had a brief but powerful urge to drive into a pole um there was a petrol station coming up on the left the red sign of refreshment hanging invitingly in the sky i could extricate myself from this gridlock and go in and buy a donut but the donuts they sold in these places were as tasteless as the sponges you find at the bottom of the ocean. I'd be better off just washing myself with one. Besides, a swarm of huge black vultures were circling over the petrol pumps and they were kind of pushing me off. No, I decided. I'd hold on and... Wait a minute. Vultures? In a city? At a petrol station? I took a second look and they weren't vultures. Just seagulls. Ordinary Irish seagulls. And then I thought, Ah no, not again. Fifteen minutes later, I pulled up outside my parents' house, took a moment to gather myself, and then started rummaging for a key to let myself in. They tried to make me give it back when I moved out three years ago, but thinking strategically, I'd hung on to it. Mum had made noises about changing the locks, but seeing as she and Dad took eight years to decide to buy a yellow bucket, what are the chances they'd manage something as complicated as getting a new lock? I found them in the kitchen, sitting at the table, drinking tea and eating cake. Old people. What a great life they had. Even those who don't do Tai Chi which I'll get to. They looked up and stared at me with barely concealed resentments. I've news, I said. Mum found her voice. What are you doing here? I live here. You don't. We got rid of you. We painted your room. We've never been happier. I said, I've news. That's my news. I live here. The fear was starting to creep into her face now. You have your own place. She was blustering, but she was losing conviction. After all, she must have been expecting this. I don't, I said. Not as of this morning. I've nowhere to live. The mortgage people? She was ashen, beneath her regulation issue Irish Mammy Orange Foundation. What's going on? Dad was deaf. Also frequently confused. It was hard to know which disability was in the driving seat at any particular time. She didn't pay her mortgage, Mum said into his good ear. Her flat's been reclaimed. I couldn't afford to pay the mortgage. You're making it sound like it's my fault. Anyway, it's more complicated than that. You have a boyfriend, Mum said hopefully. Can't you live with him? You've changed your tune, you rampant Catholic. We have to keep up with the times. I shook my head. I can't move in with Artie. His kids won't let me. Not exactly. Only Bruno. He absolutely hated me, but Iona was pleasant enough and Bella positively adored me. You're my parents. Unconditional love, might I remind you. My stuff is in the car. What? All of it? No. I'd spent the day with two cash-in-hand blokes. The last few sticks of furniture I owned were now stashed in a massive self-storage place out past the airport, waiting for the good times to come again. Just my clothes and work stuff. Quite a lot of work stuff, actually, seeing as I'd had to let my office go over a year ago. And quite a lot of clothes, too, even though I'd thrown out tons and tons while I'd been packing. But when will it end? Mum said querulously. When do we get our golden years? 
Never. Dad spoke with sudden confidence. She's part of a syndrome. Generation boomerang. Adult children coming back to live in the family home. I read about it in Grazia. There was no disagreeing with Grazia. You can stay a few days, Mum conceded, but be warned, we might want to sell this house and go on a Caribbean cruise. Property prices being as low as they are, the sale of this house probably wouldn't fetch enough money to send them on a cruise of the Aran Islands. But as I made my way out to the car to start lugging my boxes of stuff, I decided not to rub it in. After all, they were giving me a roof over my head. What time is dinner? I wasn't hungry, but I wanted to know the drill. Dinner? There was no dinner. We don't really bother anymore, Mum confessed, now that it's just the two of us. This was distressing news. I was feeling bad enough without my parents suddenly behaving like they were in death's waiting room. But what do you eat? They looked at each other in surprise, then at the cake on the table. Well, cake, I suppose. Back in the day, this arrangement couldn't have suited me better. All through my childhood, my four sisters and I considered it a high-risk activity to eat anything that Mum had cooked. But I wasn't myself. So what time is cake? Whatever time you like. That wouldn't do. I need a time. Seven, then. Okay, listen. I saw a swarm of vultures over the petrol station. Mum tightened her lips. There are no vultures in Ireland, Dad said. St. Patrick drove them out. He's right, Mum said forcefully. You didn't see any vultures. Like, that's the thing I don't get. Like, isn't seeing things that aren't there, like schizophrenia or something? Actually, Saoirse, were you finished? Sorry. <laughs> no, I was, yeah. Um, like, no, I, I get what you're saying. And um, I don't know, like, it's it's a trick her mind is playing, I guess. Like, she seems to, like, get, like, almost immediately that they're seagulls straight away. You know, she she doesn't, she's not walking around with the delusion. She, she thinks she sees something and then realizes it's something else. It's just like that everything around her becomes really scary all of a sudden. So she thinks that there's something much more ominous than they are. Yeah, like the way, the way she was talking about being depressed. Like, uh, uh, Kleena, I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but it sounds like you have a point right there. <laughs> I know we all have points, but you know, I'm, I'm you're I can see good things in your face that you're going to say and I'm just aware that we're coming up to the end of this segment we're going to have to shoot to to an ad break so maybe if you hold that thought and uh, we'll be back um, with more chiclet for life after this here at FemSoc we understand you want to rest you want to lie under a rainbow flag in your repeal jumper and Enjoy the fruits of the labor you've put in to social justice causes over the last couple of years. But the thing is, there's still so much out there left to change, and we need people power to do it. Period poverty. What is it? What does it mean? And why don't you want to talk about it, Dave? Direct provision. Why is it happening? And what are the alternatives? And how do we need to make them happen? And the housing crisis. Can you boycott Airbnb on your next stupid city break? What should you say in the letter to your TD? And what support is available to those affected? Social Justice League, every Wednesday. They didn't say when that was going to be on, did they? Just like on Wednesday, they didn't say like the time or anything. Yeah, no, like it, it should be on the the schedule online um yeah some of the ads don't do that too well i don't know that i've ever heard a time for a show on on an ad 
that, that we run here. It's strange, isn't it? You know, I think there's like a checklist or something that, that you use when you're putting together ads. I know I had one when, when I was doing it and I don't think time is on it. That is such a DUC thing to do to like leave out like really, really important information in, oh God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, giving out about the college on the college radio station is, is definitely the way to go, Katie. What's period poverty though? Have you not finished grown-ups yet? That doesn't answer my question. Oh, but does it, Chloe? <laughs> no, like that's, that's why I was kind of, well, I was interested because it sounds pretty, like they're going to talk about some fairly interesting stuff, but like it, that's that's a, not a big thing in grown-ups, but was in there. Yeah, I thought it was super, super interesting. I looked up a lot of uh, information about it afterwards and it, I think it's pretty clear in the book like what, what the importance of the issue is. Again, I don't want to get too far into it. I'm aware that it's not the book we're supposed to be talking about today either. Yeah, 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 true. Good point. Um, so again, yeah, just to, to reiterate, today's episode of Chicklet for Life is uh, is about the mystery of Mercy Close, um, the uh, the Marion Keys novel surrounding um, Helen Walsh, who we all love. But um, the 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 book that we were speaking about just there, Grown Ups, is is um, Keys's latest book, which is available to uh, to buy right now. Do it. I think she's still number one in the um, in the bestseller charts or whatever they're called so yeah keep buying it um and um we oh, actually I, I completely forgot to tell you guys we um we got approval to to do an extra episode to talk about grown-ups oh, no so way. Chloe, you better no, get close get cracking and finish that one here i won't be able to finish the rest of the show today <laughs> but uh, let me see oh before we went for uh before we cut to a break just there um Kleena, you were you were gonna yeah say something we we just again uh for folks joining us um fresh uh, we we read an excerpt uh from from the mystery of mercy close mercy close and uh Kleena, you you were gonna say something and i cut you off sorry about that <laughs> no all right um yeah so yeah we were talking about how helen she's she's suffering with like depression she's she's dealing with that and um she's we were talking about how her depression is not really her being like sad all the time she's not like crying or nothing or there's nothing that like no I don't know you know the way you hear about people being depressed and thinking that they're they're stupid or that they're after doing something wrong or you know things like that like there's there's a reason why they're they're feeling the way they're feeling but Helen doesn't seem to have that we were saying she doesn't seem to feel anything at all it's not that she feels sad she doesn't feel anything and she's seeing she's seeing um things she we were talking in the excerpt she she saw vultures but they're actually seagulls and and you know that that's quite scary and and she seems to be afraid more than sad and and that's that was interesting you know and just the way she was talking it's it's almost like she's talking from outside of herself like she's not even in her own body like she she goes into like because the thing is in the book like I don't think this is giving too much away like she she's dealing with depression now and she was she had like a, I suppose you call it an episode don't you she she had a, a situation before like a, a year or two before um where she and she goes into some detail about it and she kind of and she goes into the kind of things that helped with it and all that and the way she talks about it is like so clinical like like she's a doctor or like she's writing like a scientific paper or something it's very detached and that kind of is 
that that stays in line with the fact that she's scared or that it's scary or odd more than being sad like I always thought that like you'd be in pain and you'd be crying like when somebody dies or you lose someone but Helen it's almost like everything has fallen away and there's nothing to like keep her grounded in her own life almost so she doesn't see the point in anything it's it's hard to explain it was it was like jarring to to read and, and come across yeah yeah like I know what you mean uh, yeah like she loses her flat we we read that earlier and she has to move home but all her sisters are gone and her mom and dad are just like they're doing their thing being old people there's like no family unit anymore and like with her job she's a private detective I think we, we were talking about that she doesn't have like much structure she just kind of has to figure out what she's going to do on that day like you'd think that all that freedom would be like really exciting and stuff but when I saw Helen like doing that in the book I felt like hopeless for her or something like there was nowhere for her to go there was nothing for her to do she had to push it all herself and that was yeah scary like you were saying yeah like I found myself getting really freaked out like the idea of there being like no foundation to your life or something like I noticed she went home to her family but like it's like they weren't even there you know you you see films and stuff where people go home to their family and and their mom has them sitting down I don't know sewing a quilt together or something (laughs) I don't know but like it's like Helen just is in whatever room she's in and it doesn't make a difference I'm I'm not explaining that right but like it's just it was really it was really frightening yeah it was pretty bleak alright what do you mean like like I'm 18 now yeah and me mum and the two girls like we're all at home we all sort of pitch in me dad's just sitting there reading the paper but it's sort of you know like the golden girls you know that real old telly show you know or something a lot cooler than that I should probably say right now and like cleaner you're probably not going to say it but Chloe, don't you make fun of Cleaner for watching like old TV shows and that's, I've never heard of that show. You've never heard of the Golden Girls? It's real funny. <laughs> that's not really what I was, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Chloe. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself spoiled or anything, but you know, my mum is particularly, oh, she's just really, really sweet. Like, like say Astrid is finishing up in UCD this year, my sister, you know? Uh, so like mum will go out and like collect her anytime that she has to work late in her lab. Like Astrid always says that she can get the night link, but mum always says that like, oh, she'll be worrying anyway. And she'd rather use that energy to pick her up, you know, that kind of thing. And it's not like being really spoiled or anything. It's just, yeah, like you were saying, a foundation. It's like, I don't know, like touch points or something. I exist because this person is doing this thing for me. That sounds really, that sounds quite, quite spoiled. But like, I just noticed it with, with Helen. She, she does everything for herself all the time and is alone a lot of the time. And she seems to question whether she's really there kind of as a result. It's, oh, it's all very out there. <laughs> Here, wait a second, before we get into that. Your mum drives into town from Drumcondra. Not even town, UCD, you said. So your mum drives from Drumcondra down to the south side. I don't know where UCD is. Far away, anyway. 
and then drives back just because she is spoiling us. Are you, are you Katie, are you hearing this? Um, why do you ask? Well, I mean, what's your crowd be fawning over you like that? Like, I know you only go home at the weekends and all, but like, actually, he'll pay us for your residence here. Chloe, you can't ask that. My God. Your parents do, Katie. I'm looking at you. They definitely do. They pick you up from the train and all when you get home, don't they? You don't have to walk back from that train station, do you? All right, fine. Jesus. Yeah. They pick me up from the train station. They have dinner in the oven for me and they give me money for like lunch and buying clothes and stuff during the week. Are you happy? Are you happy now? Clean it. Like, tell me you are different. Okay? Just tell me. Just please. For the love of Jesus. Um, well, like, no, it's a little... Me, me, it's it's closer, I guess, to to what you're saying. It's like for you, Chloe. Normal, normal. What do you mean? Well, like it's just me and my dad. Like, and I'm not home as much now, so it's not as it's not exactly the same. But the point is, you, me, and Helen all have normal Irish parents that know that self-esteem shouldn't be built in the home. Well, I don't know if my dad would agree with that. And uh, again, if anyone is affected by any of the issues discussed in, in today's show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but no, like to, to get back to, I guess, what we started talking about. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. Like Helen's depression seemed to show up as like this instead of like, yeah, a grief like thing that you, you were talking about, Kleena, like it was like a mix of like detachment and fear and like anger kind of how do you mean well like the shovel list for one <laughs> love the shovel list <laughs> well let's have a brief um explanation of, of what the shovel list is i oh i can't i chloe will have to read this one <laughs> too bleeding right i am all right so we've got two different bits in here we've got um an explanation of what the shovel list is which is very very short and then we've got our favorite shovel list item example from the book so okay First of all, a little bit of dialogue here, a little bit of dialogue with Helen and this very lovely lady, Bridie, that she met. Now, Bridie, that sounds like a name from someone with like blue hair that don't move when she turns her head. But actually, this Bridie is is actually very, very attractive. And um, yeah, love her, would, would go for coffee, would definitely, you know, have a scone with this Bridie. Anyway, um, so yeah, dialogue. This is Helen staring it off and all. Okay. Um... I employ this thing called the shovel list. A shovel, no, a shovel list. It's more of a conceptual thing. It's a list of all the people and things I hate so much that I want to hit them in the face with a shovel. That's it. That's the dialogue bit. That's that's all you need to know. That's just, that's Helen's very, um, very, what's that word you taught me, Saoirse? Succinct, succinct explanation of what the shovel list is. But here, here's an example just so that you see it in action. Okay. Yeah, so this is just an interior monologue. Learn that one off the internet. Um, for what, uh, what, um, yeah, Helen's thinking about and what she's going to put on the shovel list. Um, the germs, you say, the morbid fear of germs, which brings me to another item on my shovel list. People who shudder dramatically and say, ew, at the thought that another human being might have touched something. It's an, no, that's hard to say. It's an affectation. There it is. It's an affectation imported fairly recently from the US. A very, very irritating one. I wasn't really sure what people were trying to prove with it. 
that they have a higher standard of cleanliness than you, that you are dirtier than them. The fact that the human race has survived for a very, very long time, way too long, in my opinion, they can bring the rapture on anytime they like. What cave dwelling hunter gatherers and their descendants carrying a little squeezy bottle of pomegranate scented hand sanitizer tucked into their loincloths? Come on. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's an example of what would go on the shovel list. So like, yeah, we've all got to, we've, we should all be making one, really. Genuinely, I think I was making one for like a long time and didn't know what to call it. And, and now I do. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> Poor Helen does seem to hate a lot of stuff, though. I wonder if like having a list of everything you hate when you're feeling like overwhelmed with fear or anger would give you a better handle on reality or whatever mm, that's interesting like like a distraction you mean it did seem like a bit of relief from like how tired and like sad she was wasn't it mad though that like she was that wrecked and like that like out of her mind kind of with like stuff going on and she was still able to like look for wayne she's a fictional character chloe you're ruining the magic, Katie. <laughs> but no, like, it's a good point. Like, you're, we're all used to the idea of, like, Helen being this badass and you just expect her to get on with it. But, like, with what she was feeling, it's pretty amazing that she was able to get up and do mm-hmm. her job and, mm-hmm. and look for him, you know? Yeah, I didn't think of that because, like, I definitely just expected her to, yeah, get on with it. And I found myself, like, losing my patience a few times because I wanted the plot to move faster. And I was sort of like, come on, Helen, just go out and do it. But I wonder, like, if that frustration of things not fitting together when reading is, like, that stuck feeling that maybe Helen was feeling, like, your mind is, like, attacking you and you couldn't stop it. Is that a bit of a stretch? I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. You're trying to be deeper than you are. Jesus. Kind of Sarah. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I just mean it's it's deep stuff. Well, you know, we're complex people, Sarah. Obviously. Well, do you know what? Here we're we're ready for another uh, ad break. So let's let's take this here and we'll be back in a couple of minutes with more on the uh, mystery of Mercy Close. So stay tuned. This week on Dodoy. Young entrepreneurs or urban cowboys? Two tires, one chain are taken to the court of public opinion. So those lads doing the bike repair thing broke the chain on my bike and wouldn't replace it. Here, the chain on that bike was rusted through. We were trying to tell you about it, but you insisted on cycling away on newly inflated tires following your free tire check at two tires, one chain. But there was nothing wrong with my tires to begin with. Uh, if they didn't need more air in them, we would not have been able to fit it in, so... And my chain was fine. It would have been red if it was rusted, and it wasn't. Uh, there was oil on it, so... It wouldn't have rusted if there was oil on it. Your mate whacked it with that spanner. John don't know how to use a spanner. Leave him alone. He's only learning, isn't he? And that went on for pretty much the whole show. You gotta tune in. Dedoy Thursdays. Wow, that announcer does not sound like she is having fun anymore. Yeah, it's uh, 
I suppose the format had got a little old after a while. Uh, speak for yourself, Kathleen. Me and my man still isn't a jowdle for you all the time. Oh, Chloe, you don't. I know you're too posh to like listen to it, but like I hear once there was this woman who was like so disgusted and like horrified at something. She like mixed the two words up and said that she was disgusted by it. Now that's like a new word at home. You can use it if you credit me every time you say it from now on. That goes for our listeners too. So like did the oh, I was disgustified credit to Chloe from Chicklet for Life. That's that's what did say. I would accept that. Yeah, yeah, that would be acceptable to me. Yes, and my attorneys. And we're not going to get into the fact that this phrase came from another radio show and you did not come up with it. Kathleen, I grow weary of you and your talk. I, I just, I, I do. I grow weary of you. You're going to have to stop watching that show, dude. You're, I cannot handle you talking like this. Well, like, in fairness, though, it's not really the show, because like if it was talking like on the show, she'd be talking in in Korean, wouldn't she? Majayel, Kleena. Majayel. Did you learn that especially? It means, it means that's right. That in, Did you learn that? Did you Google that? Especially. Someone said it and I wanted to know what it meant. That's all. Jesus. Yeah, like I, I learned um, Gwenchana and um, oh, there was another one. Uh, they say kure a lot. I think that just means sure or something. But yeah, like why would why would we not? do that we want to learn Sarah we want to learn let us learn why won't you let us learn so confused I'm so confused right now um let's let's talk about let's talk about books let's let's do that for a while um so before the break we were getting into a bit of a wormhole about how impressively Helen dealt with her personal circumstances through the book isn't it weird that we talked about that for so long because, like, I was all disappointed that we didn't just have Helen being all, like, funny and all, like, and, like, sort of, like, a superhero, almost, like, the way she was in the other books, you know, like, genuinely not caring and being, like, an actual unstoppable force, like. I was thinking about this and I was wondering, like, would that have been a bit boring and stuff? Like, there would have been, like, loads of jokes and all, but, you know, like, like you were saying, Sarsha, I think, I think it was you that, it, like, it could be the case that, like, at least some people who are, like, superheroes, like, they they might have and maybe sort of have to have a load going on inside because of the way they, they go on or maybe how they go on is because of all the stuff they've got going on inside. It's, it's oh, God, it is. It's real confusing. Okay, um, I'm just, I'm aware that we might end up going down the same kind of wormhole again and, and I... I'm aware that we haven't spoken much about the actual mystery or Mercy Close and, and we should probably do that given that they're both in the title of the book. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, actually. So like um, at the beginning, like we were saying, Helen's a private investigator. Um, though she's not doing too much business at the minute. This this book is set like back during the recession um, and everything. Um, but she's just gotten the job uh, from her ex-boyfriend, Jay Parker. Boo. Oh, don't like Jay Parker. Mm. Not a lot of love in the room for Jay Parker. Even though like Mammy Walsh just only adores him. Mm, I don't know that Helen would like you saying Mammy Walsh there Cher you wanted a chosen feud that's allowed you the nickname 
It's true. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, the the case that Jay gives Helen is is a missing persons case. Um, Jay's organizing a comeback gig for uh, an Irish boy band named Lads, uh, like we were saying with with a Z. Um, but one of the members, Wayne Diffney, has gone missing, and there's only a week until the first concert, and Jay is desperate to find him. The, the I thought the time pressure there. Um, it, it, that was good in driving the the plot forward because, like I said, I, I had, I don't know, a bit of impatience um, with with the plot. Uh, but again, that that might have been me. Yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's avoid the 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 wormhole again. Um, we we've got we have another snippet from the book that introduces us to Wayne and lads, and I thought it might be fun for us to to take a look at that. Um, Katie, you want to do the uh, the honors as our our resident music expert? Oh yeah, boy band aficionado, that's me. Ah, come on, Katie, you have a One Direction CD somewhere at home. You know you do. I haven't bought a CD ever, actually, I don't think. And, if you must know, it was the Jonas Brothers. Oh my god, I love the Jonas Brothers! Of course you love the Jonas Brothers, Sarah. Just, oh, this has been a very embarrassing show. For all of us, Katie. For all well, of us, you know, just you and me mostly. Read, read the thing. <laughs> okay. Um, obviously, their glory days were long behind them, and they were now so old. Oh, these are the lads. Um, now they were so old and talentless and risable that they'd broken through the crapness barrier and gone so far around the other side that most people thought of them with great affection. They'd sort of become a national treasure. I'm sure you know, but lads are getting back together next week for three mega reunion gigs. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's Jay Parker. A lads reunion. I hadn't known it was on the cards. I'd had one or two other things on my mind, but all of a sudden a couple of things made sense. Their songs on the radio every four seconds, and my own mother pestering me to go to the gig. A hundred euro ahead, merchandising out the door, Jay said wistfully. It's a license to print money. So far, so typical of Jay Parker. Grubby little hustler that he was. And, I prompted, that's Helen. I'm their manager, but Wayne didn't, doesn't, want to do it. He's, Jay paused, ashamed? Well, reluctant, reluctant, I could imagine. In lads, as in all generic boy bands, you have five types. The talented one, the cute one, the gay one, the wacky one, and the other one. Wayne had been the wacky one. The only thing that could have been worse was if he'd been the other one. Wayne's wackiness was expressed mostly through his hair. He'd been made to do it like the Sydney Opera House and he'd seemed to comply willingly enough. In his defence, he'd been young, he'd known no better and in recent years he'd had atoned by having a perfectly normal do. Of course, all that had been several lifetimes ago. Lots of water under the bridge since the number one hits. The original lads vibes had become a quartet when, after a couple of years of success, the talented one hightailed it. He had then become a global superstar who never ever referenced his murky boyband roots. The remaining foursome had struggled on for a while and then they eventually split and no one gave a shite. Meanwhile, Wayne's personal life fell apart. His wife, Haley, left him for a proper bona fide rock star, one Shaco O'Shaughnessy. When Bono showed up at Shaco's mansion looking for his wife back, he discovered that she was pregnant by Shaco and had no plans to return to Wayne. Bono happened to be visiting his good pal Shaco at the time and was hovering protectively. And the upset Wayne, or so the rumour goes, hit Bono a clatter on the left knee with a hurley and yelled, That's for Zeropa. 
Had to get my dad to explain what that meant. After so much misery, Wayne had decided he had grounds to reinvent himself as a proper artiste. So he lost the mad hair, grew a goatee, tentatively said, fuck, on national radio, and did a couple of acoustic guitar albums about unrequited love. Obviously, because of the runaway wife and the assault on Bono, there was a lot of public goodwill towards Wayne, and he enjoyed some success. But it mustn't have been enough because he was dropped by his label after a couple of albums, then fell off the radar altogether. For a long time, all was silence, but now it seemed that enough time had passed. The icy snows of winter had thawed and springtime had returned. Lads' original screaming tweeny fans were now grown women, with kids of their own and a yen for nostalgia. If you thought about it, the comeback gig had only been a matter of time. I mean, I'm not messing. My ma went to see Westlife about ten times before they broke up. I swear, the money they must make off L ones going to their concerts. Hashtag mums need wristbands too. I, I don't get it. Like, Drake is one thing, but Westlife? And like, what's the deal with her arthritis is too bad to go to any of Kylie's dancing yokes, but then she can stand for three hours through all them encores? No hassle? I don't know. I don't M- buy it. Maybe the adrenaline is like a painkiller. A bleeding well better be. I've had to stand at all them dancing things because mam wouldn't go. So, I mean, <laughs> there has to be some reason. She wouldn't lie now, would she? You wouldn't lie now, would you, ma'am? Why? Like... You are genuinely talking into the mic like you're giving some sort of ultimatum. Like your mom isn't a student here. She doesn't, she can't hear you, dude. I just don't know why you want to take away everything that's important to me, Katie. (laughs) Well, let's uh, let's break this up, um, first of all. Sticking with with lads for a minute, unless, of course, we want to get into your um, enjoyment of the Jonas Brothers, Katie. No, we're not going to. No, you sure? Okay, okay, pop it. But um, we uh, we all agreed that we we really dug the uh, the other guys in in lads. Uh, so we've got um, we've got the 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 descriptions of of the other guys. So let me see. We've got um, John Joseph Hartley. He was the cute one. Um, oddly holy. Then uh, we've got Frankie Delap, the the gay one. As foostery as your granny's maiden aunt, seriously. Uh, new father to twins that he had with his lady wife. That's right. Twist fam. Frankie Delap, the gay one, wasn't actually gay. Oh, oh, ow. Oh, so tough. Um, And then, oh yeah, finally, Roger St. Ledger, the other one. Burnt out, functioning alcoholic, possible sex addict. And, uh... We were kind of into it. Ah, no, Sarah, no, you'd catch something off him. <gasps> Chloe, K- Katie said an actual proper, like, course word earlier. Nobody was jumping down her throat. Well, I was horrified, but I mean, it was the middle of the excerpt, so I couldn't, like, be, I couldn't interrupt the, the flow of, um, and we should, I just don't understand why we can't be nice. Uh, could we all please stop trying to break Sarah all of a sudden? That or that, that would That would just be... It would be nice if we if we made it to the end of the semester with with Saoirse's psyche just intact. I don't want to explain it to her parents why she lost her actual mind. There was no mention of uh, Tom Cruise there. I mean, Docker. <laughs> yeah, like but he's he's not included in the the list of boy bands member lads member guys because uh, he's not scheduled to join the reunion tour. For uh, for our listeners, Docker was the talented one in the group. He went on to become a Hollywood movie star. 
Have there ever been like boy band guys that have like made it in movies? Wasn't J-Lo a singer first? No, other way around. Wasn't Mark Wahlberg like a rapper or something? Yes, he was. And his brother was in that band, um, New Kids on the Block. No. Yeah, yeah. I was watching this weird nostalgia show with my folks one time. You know, and they like show old sitcoms where the set's going to like fall down and they have like loads of Vaseline on the lens and yeah just I don't know how people watch old TV Um, but yeah they they were talking about it yeah yeah that's that's where I saw it I I have nothing else to add to to this anecdote that's that's the end of, of that one we need a segue is that the word we can't spell I don't think that's enough of a segue. Yeah, it's it's pretty thin. All right. Snoop. Drop it like it's hot. I was listening to NERD radio this morning. That is an inspired Spotify choice. I thought so. None of this has anything to do with Marion Keys. Doesn't it, Sarah? Doesn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there was one thing that um, that Helen brought up that I hadn't thought about before um, in in relation to going back to like depression and stuff again. The suicide bag thing. Oh no! But oh my god, wasn't that so horrible? For folks listening, Clean uh, is talking about the necessary supplies. Helen got together in a pretty well thought out plan to to kill herself. Yeah, it was like it was just all so like practical. Like it just reading it, it sort of made sense that she would want to do that. Like how else would she f- make what she was dealing with stop? You know, yeah, and like what was so horrible, and and it's the thing that I was I was talking about. It was how like people around Helen dealt with that. You know, you think of the individual, but the 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 folks around her. Not that they made it worse, but it's it seemed to be really hard to for her to to get support that was helpful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually we have we have that section here too. Do you want to do you want to let folks in on that? Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, the last time I'd been unwell, suicidally depressed, whatever you want to call it, reactions of my friends and family had fallen into several different camps. The let's laugh it off merchants. Claire was leading light in this one. They hoped that joking about my state of mind would reduce it to a manageable size. Most likely to say, feeling any mad urges to fling yourself into the sea. The depression deniers, they were the ones who took the position that since there was no such thing as depression, nothing could be wrong with me. Once upon a time, I'd have belonged in that category myself. A subset of the deniers was the tough love people, most likely to say, what have you got to be depressed about? The it's all about me bunch. They were the ones who wailed that I couldn't kill myself because they'd miss me so much. More often than not, I'd end up comforting them. My sister Anna and her boyfriend Angelo flew 3,000 miles from New York just so that I could dry their tears. Most likely to say, have you any idea how many people love you? The runaways. Lots and lots of people just stopped ringing me. Most of all, I didn't care about them, but one or two were important to me. Their absence was down to fear... They were terrified that whatever I had, it was catching. Most likely to say, I feel so helpless. God, is that the time? 
the woo-woo crew, i.e. those purveying alternative cures. And actually, there were hundreds of them urging me to do Reiki, yoga, homeopathy, Bible studies, Sufi dance, cold showers, meditation, EFT, hypnotherapy, hydrotherapy, silent retreats, sweat lodges, felting, fasting, angel channeling, or eating only blue food. Everyone had a story about something that that cured their anti-boss boyfriend next door neighbor. But my sister Rachel was the worst. She had me plagued. Not a day passed that she didn't send me a link to some swizzer, followed by a phone call 10 minutes later to make sure I'd made an appointment. And I was so desperate that I even gave plenty of them a go. Most likely to say, this man's a miracle worker, followed by, that's why he's so expensive. Miracles don't come cheap. But like, is that not just people trying to help? Like, just being nice, like. But what if it doesn't help, though? But, like, isn't depression about being lonely or, like, needing people to help you? Like, you just can't ignore someone that's in that kind of, like, state. But, like, you know, in the book, like, when Helen talks to her therapist, she says she sort of doesn't, the, the therapist, like, doesn't have a reaction to any of the, to- the horrible thoughts that Helen has. She just lets her talk about it. And, like... Yeah, that that seems to be a big part of it. And most people, when you talk to them about how you really feel, they don't they don't act like it's okay to to think that. Um yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I'm I'm aware that we have not spoken about Artie and we are nearing the end of the show. Artie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I start to feel like he had sort of Sirisha written all over him. He was very nice. That's it. Nice. That's all you have to say. Well, what would you have me say, Chloe? Oh, I don't know that like he was a big, tall, muscly detective gentleman with like rumpledy shorts from working so hard and he was mad about Helen and like, yeah, OK, maybe Archie had Chloe written all over him as well. Yeah. All right. Interesting. <laughs> I really liked their, their whole like that they didn't say they loved each other, that they kept coming up with different ways to like sign off or something. I hold you in very high esteem, that kind of thing. I thought that was uh Thought that was quite Helen, but in a in a grown up way. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was it's pretty cool. All right, I can't can't remember any of the other ones. Very very cool. And his kids were adorable. Bella was just the sweetest little girl. I just oh 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 oh, oh. Sarah, I I have my Easter egg. Is it is it the questionnaire? Well, I mean, well, I mean, can I can I use it now? If if you if you said it I, can I please have the questionnaire it's so good everybody should read this book just just for that bit oh my god it's so yeah yeah well they should read it for everything I, I actually like I know we've kind of been talking a lot about kind of Debbie Downer stuff Debbie Jesus Christ <laughs> but but yes it I, I sort of thought it was really yeah felt kind of like a really important book to read. I read it again um, after uh, reading it the, the first time and with a couple between. Before we did did this show, I wanted to read it again. And um, it's, I don't know, well, well, clearly, I don't have any, clearly, it's probably not a very nice thing to say, but I don't have any experience with, with depression. Um, but at, given how surprised I was with um, the, 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 the way that, Helen experienced it there's there's a lot in there um there's a lot in this book I think um 
and also it's just a very very good detective story i thought i thought the pace and and the characters we haven't mentioned ziza at all just ziza is a and uh Eastern European, sort of Middle Eastern um, pop star who who's married to John Joseph and um, is very, 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 very sexy. She's got a very, very, very nice bum is the uh, the main thing. But so, you know, oh, oh, can I change my one to you can have the questionnaire, Sarah, and I'll have Ziza's bum um, for, for my Easter egg, if that's OK. Uh, we should we should take a pause here just to soak in the fact that Sersha just said, I'll have Ziza's bum as my Easter egg. That's, if we ever have a poster for this show, that's going to be the tagline. Okay. Agreed. I, I think it might be the best thing. I've, I think it's the best thing I've ever heard. Ever. But we, just to clarify, like we, can, we don't distribute this show outside of the college, right? The, the other people can't hear this. My mom won't hear this. Really wants Lisa's bum to be my Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, we've got, so again, just to reiterate, um, Easter eggs for you guys to look out for in the, the mystery of Mercy Close. Lisa's <laughs> bum from from Sersha and, and for me, yeah, a questionnaire that I'd like you guys to look out for. Uh, Katie, what have you got for us? Um... Yeah, actually, uh, some fish oils that I don't know if it just reminded me of, of people I know. But yeah, the, the fish oils, <laughs> that was pretty good. What? Fish oils? What are you talking about? Anyway, um, for me, a photograph that um, is in Helen's packing. Keep uh, Keep an eye out for that one, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. I think people who are deaf know what you mean in this case, Chloe. Um, let me see. It's uh, well, what, what, what else is there? Um, maybe. Oh, do you know? It's it's kind of obvious, but like a teeny tiny, teeny tiny, tiny, tiny camera. Um, just just cause, just cause of the love and joy it brings. To, to to the person who owns it. I think, yeah, keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. I think we're we're coming to a close for, for today's uh, episode of Chicklet for Life. It's been, yeah, it's been a little subdued today. I think we're all a little tired. We all stayed up too late last night um, studying. We did very little study. But... Um, Thanks everyone for for joining us today, and 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 as we've said before, if if you're affected by any of the um, the issues that we've we've discussed in today's um, show, we'll be sharing some some links um, for for information to to help out. But uh, I mean, feel free to reach out to to us directly. Um, uh, via via the social media pages, we're we're more than happy to to direct anybody in in the uh, or point anybody in the right direction um, with, with the information we have from the students' union. Um, thanks again for for joining us and uh, keep it keep it G keep it chiclet for life. Um, Kino and the business are up next. Hi, Linda. Hi, Karen. 
Oh, and actual G, did you see the pictures from last night? Oh, I was hoping she didn't tag you. It's okay, everybody gets dance floor hair sometimes. It's just so embarrassing. My clutch was way too small to bring a brush, let alone dry shampoo. It happens. I mean, did you see the lines where my concealer cracked? I mean, I look like I'm 25 or something. If only there was another way. But that's where we come in. Pre-Drink Olibee's new Moo service will have one of our makeup cow artists out to you in minutes to redo your hair and makeup right there in the girls' bathroom. No plug sockets? No problem. Our bespoke hand dryer windmill, patent pending, will power our curling wands and straighteners for 15 second bursts. Which, let's be honest, is as much as you can hope for. Thanks pre-drink Olibee. That bitch Sarah will be the one getting tagged in a crap photo from now on. She sure will, Linda. She sure will. Ah-ha. <laughs>